Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Paul Kirchhoff, who is the CEO and founder of three companies named EPX, Domino One, and D1 Labs, all of which are solving the world's biggest challenges. In addition, Paul has been referred to as a disruptive humanitarian investor, global adventurer, and serial entrepreneur, and has recently been recognized as one of the top 100 leaders in technology. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, good to be here. Well, I'm happy our mutual friend Gus connected us and I'm amazed at how you have led him into being more of a social guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but he tells me you're an amazing leader and you know how to motivate people in very unique ways. And you've had so many successes. I almost feel like your nickname should be Paul, the Pope of possibilities. <laughs> <Because you show laughs> I wish all of us, right. That everything is possible. Yeah, so, really. you know, when I was looking at your background, I'm like, you're a serial investor in over a hundred startups, including several successful unicorns. And I know you've traveled in over a hundred countries. You were also apparently the youngest MBA student to graduate UT Austin. You all helped Dell computer pioneer several multi-billion dollar lines of business anyway on and on why do you think you have succeeded in so many different areas of life you know first of all i just want to share something that i think is really important and maybe one of the foundations of kind of what we'll talk about which is the concept of success and failure and i think it maybe it changes a little bit as you gain experience not age but experience and wisdom because I was actually hosting a podcast with a guy who is very, very successful. And we were talking about going from an idea to like a unicorn, right? Like, how do you actually make those steps happen? And on this call, he said, yeah, you know, I took a look the other day, you know, exactly, you know, what I have accomplished. And it turns out I've got a 10% success rate. And everybody on the call was like, what? 10% success rate. And I started thinking about all the things that I've tried as an entrepreneur or as a leader in a business could be new concepts or whatever. And honestly, I probably have a 10% success rate or, or who knows, it might even be less. I'm not totally sure. So a lot of times, you know, people are celebrated maybe for the one or two amazing things that they've done, but not celebrated for the things that didn't work out. And one of the amazing things, I think, in terms of, you know, a blind spot, for sure, there's there, there's so many, I've had so many blind spots and so many struggles and, and everything else that I'll share. But one of them is, you know, how you view the concept of failure. And it's very easy for people to say, when you don't have anything, there's no such thing as failure, right? Fail fast, for example, came from Google, I believe. But the truth is failure, if you could rename that as like gaining wisdom, then wouldn't we all look at what has happened on our resume as just these stepping stones towards whatever it is, you know, the goal that we want to hit. And I think that that's an important thing because one of the things that the older I've gotten and the more, you know, I have a network like yours is that we celebrate the failures, quote unquote, more than the wins. And the reason why is because that is where wisdom is gained. Right. And if you celebrate wisdom being gained, you'll never think of failure as as a negative impact. I'm not saying you don't have to like manage, you know, budget and staying alive and all these types of things. But holy cow, could you imagine the rest of the world if they realized this guy's less than 10 percent success rate? And I feel like I can do that. And if I fail, it doesn't even matter. I'm seriously gaining an experience that nobody else may have. And that's going to build skills for the future. So I just wanted to share that kind of as you kind of went down that path. But I appreciate the accolades. But what's more important is, is what you and your podcast does, which is sharing how you overcame the struggles and how you move from version A of yourself to version B as a leader. 
Yes. Well, you know, you called it earlier a blind spot that everybody's focused on the successes and may not view failures as a success in a way. What was the moment, Paul, that you realized the importance of that? Well, I think it's wrapped up into something else, which I have a network of leaders like yours. I mean, these are some, as a matter of fact, they're some of the greatest achievers on the planet. We've got space shuttle captains, people swimming oceans. We've got, you know, pioneer tech folks, investors and around the world in this network. And one of the things that I've learned being around all of these leaders is a small fraction of them that have achieved a view and a piece of themselves, P-E-A-C-E, by the way, that allows them to make decisions and to be unaffected by what other people would see as failures or challenges or anything else. Let, Let me give you an example. You certainly couldn't argue if you put two leaders next to each other and one had, you know, a deep insecurity, which many of us leaders have, including me. I had this for a long time, most of my life, fear of not being good enough, right? Mm -hmm. If you're smart and another person's smart and they go public and make, you know, millions or billions and you didn't and you're struggling, you can have negative emotions that can affect, by the way, your employees your significant others, your children, right? I mean, and you're, and you're wasting time in a negative emotional state. And so the question is, what if you would not produce these negative emotions, right? What if you had changed yourself to such a point where no matter what crisis was happening, no matter what difficulty was happening with an employee, with anything, right? You know, what if you couldn't feel negative emotions? It would make you such a sharper leader. You would be able to make decisions clear. Emotions wouldn't get in the, in the way. And the way that I know this is because... For most of my life, I was a B student. I was above average, but not the best in sports, grades, girls, everything else that mattered to a young person growing up. And when you don't understand or do something to change out of those insecurities, those fear of not being good enough, because here I was above average, but not the best, starts to carry into your career, into you being an entrepreneur. And if you're starting to see things that are giving you those signals, then all of a sudden, you start wanting to kick everybody out of meetings. You start wanting to fire a customer who's being too difficult. I mean, these are the negative implications of not mastering yourself. And possibly burnout, right? And burnout for sure, right? But here's the magic bullet here. The moment that things turned for me, and I was always a good person, and again, above average in, in everything. The thing that turned for me was one day, I literally was about to turn a desk over in a meeting room with all these like younger, you know, millennials that were talking to me about things that I knew from experience was the right thing to do. And I was getting frustrated. And then finally, later that day, I'm sitting outside and I was just ready to like give up on the business. Not that and it was successful, but I was so sick of like dealing with everything. And finally, I asked myself this very important question, which I really hope your listeners will take a moment say, which is, I wonder if it's me. Like, I, like, I wonder if it's me who is the cause of these, you know, being pissed off or being, you know, or getting mad at these people or, or, you know, getting in a fight with my wife because I'm physically exhausted and I'm not in a good mood and things aren't going right. And the truth is the answer is always yes, it is you. And so therefore, when you make that decision, you have the ability to start the journey to change from somebody that is affected by situations going on around you to somebody that that has pure clarity and emotionless mastery of relationships, problem situations, and more. Wow. 
Yes, I think that would be very beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to say, I wish I would have asked that question many years earlier, because, you know, many years earlier, I was married. I had a son. I was jumping from a big company success like Dell to starting my first business. And all of a sudden, the market changed. I think you guys probably remember the tech bust that happened in around 2000. So here I was going from the top of the food chain at a company that was historically setting records to a struggling entrepreneur that had market dynamics that you know I was doing my best with. But that inability to master myself spilled over into life and affected you know everything from employees to family life to whatever. So you know the the hard business skills are always things that you can learn, you can hire. But mastering yourself affects every relationship. And as far as I've seen, you know, nothing brings joy like relationships, including your employees, including your peers. Nothing brings success like relationships that can open up a deal for you in two seconds or teach you something you didn't know. But it all starts with your ability to remove insecurities that were put in you long ago. And I wish I would have done that a lot earlier. Yeah. So that question is a powerful question. And especially if you're in crisis, right, to catch yourself mm-hmm. and your emotions, do you have a, like a practical way where you catch yourself or is it yeah. just constantly having the question there? Well, let me just say this. It's easy for you know your listeners and my peers to understand intellectually. Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? And so it's easy for somebody to say, oh, I could totally see how good it would be if you could actually go from you know person A with the insecurities to person B where you just don't feel the negative side effects. The difficulty is how you get there. Somebody told me at one point, they said, listen, you got a ways to go to get to version B, but in the meantime, you got to stop the blood loss, right? So if you're in crisis and things are not going well, or somebody pisses you off, the first thing you do, if you can recognize that you're not feeling positive, it's a negative emotion, is just to go straight to appreciation. If that employee in the past would have said something you know, that I perceived to be stupid or like challenging my leadership, I could immediately say, maybe not out loud, but in my head, I would say, gosh, thank you for asking that ridiculous question because you're teaching me how to have the patience to help train the younger staff to be better. And here's the the interesting emotional side effect of this, which is paramount, is that you cannot be pissed off when you are in gratitude. It neutralizes the feeling. And by the way, this applies outside of business, right? I mean, if your business is going horrible and you're about to like exit out because you're just tired and you're worn down, you're running out of money, you can literally sit there and and say to the universe, gosh, I'm so grateful this moment is happening because there is nobody that ever got to the top of a mountain without hitting some of the valleys. And I'm in one of the valleys right now, which means the mountain summit is coming, right? It's a humongous tool. And the other one, it's to ask yourself, why? Like, why am I feeling frustrated at this director of whatever? Or why am I, you know, just feeling like I want to give up? And the second that you answer that question and say, I'm feeling down because of this, you can immediately recognize the fact that you're not taking responsibility. You're literally giving something else outside of your own cognition power to make you feel bad. And that's a very powerful moment because then you realize, well, I have the power to control my own feelings and to view it. And then you, you know, use the other technique and go to gratitude and it's gone. Yeah. And the, the last thing I want to share with you is these two things are so powerful. Just to reiterate here, if, if you're smart enough or you're lucky enough to run into this podcast and to sit there and go, do I have negative emotions? Gosh, yeah, I certainly do. Well, you know, uh, wonder if it's me, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, now that I know that, you know, I wonder if it's me and it is me, I want to do something about it. 
I know it's going to be a long road, right? I got to figure out how I'm going to get there. But what I can do right now to start that path is put these two things in place with my wife, with my kids. And by the way, I mean, these are all things that, as we spoke earlier, that translate to your employees. Teach your employees this. Teach your, teach your kids this, right? Teach your peers this, because this is about emotional stability, which makes you a 10x stronger leader and probably husband, wife, father, mother, son, and daughter. Well, I really appreciate you sharing those practical examples, but also your earlier tip about the importance of celebrating mistakes. So there are some leaders who've had great mentors or great bosses, and they learned a lot from them. There yeah. are other leaders who didn't have that and, and learned by making lots of painful mistakes. And then one of your companies helps leaders be in a community of leaders where everyone learns from each other. It fits you in terms of how you learn to lead. One of the unique things about my journey was that I was unshaped by any personal development inputs when I hit this moment. And then I was really only guided by one person. The other things were things that the universe kind of gave to me. Now, the reality is in the business that I have, Epics, we have people that are gifted at this in terms of coaching CEOs to transition from version A to version B of themselves. So I've learned a lot from them. But for my personal journey, which is something that people can check out, there was one person that was involved that I got referred to, which was a master NLP practitioner. NLP is neuro-linguistics programming. But there was also a book called Loyalty to Your Soul. And while I was learning fresh, like an unsculptured ball of clay, Again, and the reason I'm sharing this with you is because who cares if you've never done any personal development? I mean, just to let you know, I haven't done any personal development since then, other than I'm part of this Epics community and I'm learning from the people around me and, and learning how they teach it. But the loyalty to your soul was an interesting way to understand the conscious and subconscious and how you make decisions and what to do when things are not going well. There were some practical tactics. And if you read and reread and write your notes and reread and write your notes and think about it when you're on a walk with your dog, it starts to burn in. And that is part of transitioning yourself from version A to version B, right? Is to yeah. burn in a different set of inputs that causes a different set of behaviors. And, you know, there were some guided meditations, but the thing is that they all went together. And I just want to say one thing about NLP. The most valuable thing is this, is that you can probably look at your life as a leader and go, yeah, you know what? I kind of got fear of not being good enough and a few other things that kind of drive these negative emotions. But the question is, you know, you're only 2% of the way there if you even know, right? The, the hard part is how do you neutralize it? Exactly. And, then, and then really, how do you burn in the Jason Bourne effect to where one day you're walking and you're like, my God, I haven't had a negative emotion in two years. And now I'm getting asked to go actually see the Pope. And I'm hanging out with Martin Luther King's son. And my, you know, I got guys joining this network that are founded Earth Day, you know, successful pioneers of metaverse and who knows what else. That's the difference between being the version A and version B is that once you nail that stuff for yourself, the universe just seems to have a little bit of grease on the wheels and things go smoother, whether you yeah. like it or not, so, you know. So I have to ask who who introduced you to NLP or the book? Honestly, you know what? I can't even remember the person's name because it was in a conversation and, and I was saying, oh man, I just want to give up. I mean, the business is successful, but I feel trapped. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. tired of the people that I'm working with. And they just said, you know what you should really do? You should just go like, you know, talk to this person. And I had a conversation and this guy was masterful. He was a, I think it was an ex Olympic wrestler. So, and he was a New Yorker. So me being from Texas, you know, he just would not let me talk or sell my way out of any excuse, right? He just, he was like... <laughs> 
but it was but it was fantastic and so i can't remember whether he introduced me to the book what i want to say just for the purposes of if this matters to other people is that the pieces of this weird universe curriculum if if i could you know give a case study here's what i would say the process to real life go from version a to the jason born version b of myself a much stronger one that just does not have negative emotional triggers i mean i'm not perfect but i would say i got rid of 95% so imagine that move in your life the components were the NLP guy was dropping wisdom and getting to know me in a deep way so that they could understand, oh, you know, you may have a little bit of guilt in you, Paul. Here's how you, here's how we're going to fix it. The book was important because I was learning a different way. But the third way is I was taking notes every day. Every day I would write notes of what I learned that day. And then, but it was rewritten on top of all the previous days. So at one point I was writing 40 pages in a day. And then the last one was these, you know, every day I would take a dog for a walk for an hour, but I had a different visualization, meditation, you know, guided whatever in my head that had to do with guilt, had to do with like it being impervious to benchmarks or whatever. And, and over time, that process for me took somewhere between five and seven months. I don't know exactly when it was, but I do remember walking through a forest in Arizona one day, like a year after that, just going like, I don't even remember the last time I had a negative emotion. And then business was starting to form and everything else. So it's just monumental, you know? Wow, Paul, I am so grateful that you chose to share those insights with us today on this podcast. And if you, our listener, want to know more about Paul and Epics Global, you can go to epics, spelled E-P-X dot global. And thank you again, Paul, for the way you're choosing to contribute to others. Well, I appreciate it. And just to reiterate, life is about relationships and relationships happen based on how you are able to process the world around you, good and bad, and have stability and strength, especially as leaders, strength for others. The reality is that, you know, Maslow had it right when he was talking about this hierarchy of needs. You know, we need to make progress. We need to have an interesting life somehow, some way, right? Can't be a one trick pony. And we need to try to achieve the, the, the best that we can be, but while being connected with others and there's the relationships. So the, the company Epics.Global is exactly that. It is an accelerator for all of those things that we love in life, including this topic that we're covering. And I just want to say thank you to you for having me on here and, and uh, for us sharing this important stuff with everybody else, but also for what you what you do for everybody else in, from an achievement standpoint and handling adversity. It's, it's admirable and uh, you're one of us.